0: Hey Amanda, remember that time the Tudor children came up to bat?
1: that time, and historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb.
0: And I'm your host, Anna Webb, and this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And today, I'm going to keep talking about the Tudors. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't sure that I was going to go right into it, but you know, I'm just, that's where I am now. And, um, First of all, I want to. Uh, I'm just going to apologize to listener if you can hear weird white noise in the background of this episode <laughs> when I'm talking. My air conditioner is like going nuts right now because it's hot as heck in Pittsburgh. So, so, um, and I will not be turning it off. So sorry, <laughs> but uh, I'd rather not be sweating the entire time I'm recording. It's a fair
1: get. Yeah.
0: So, um, we're going to talk about Henry's only legitimate son today, mm-hmm. um, Edward the Sixth.
1: Nice. I'm very excited to learn about his children, because they did some interesting things with the country.
0: Yeah, yeah, and this is really the, the start of a lot of uh, very aggressive back and forth in terms mm-hmm. of the religion in England. Yes. So, um, we're going to talk a lot about it today. Before we do that, would you like a beverage update? Of course. Great. Today... I'm having a glass of West Virginia's finest, Lambert's Blackberry Merlot.
1: Absolutely.
0: Lambert's is a winery in West Virginia.
1: I wish I was having some Blackberry Merlot.
0: You have some at the house.
1: Yes, but it's not opened.
0: But you could open it.
1: But it's mom's.
0: She won't care. (laughs) I know. Anyway. um, And I'm drinking it out of a mason jar because I'm, like, cool and hip and also, like, didn't want to wash my wine glasses. Oh, my
1: God. So cute. (laughs) I am drinking water.
0: My new my new thing is getting excited about how you're going to say water.
1: <laughs> have something to say. How many fun ways can I say water?
0: <laughs> water. <laughs> it's almost always going to be water. That was a really good one. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so let's talk, talk about Edward. Yes, let's. Okay, so you may remember, listener, if you listened to our episode about Henry's third wife, Jane Seymour. Um, Edward was born... October 12th, 1537, at Hampton Court Palace. And he is, like I said, the first legitimate son of Henry VIII, and his mother is Jane Seymour. He's christened on October 15th of 1537. His 21-year-old sister, Lady Mary, serves as his godmother, and his four-year-old sister, Lady Elizabeth, carries his chrism, which is basically like the cloth that they use during...
1: Mm. We know so very much about his birth.
0: Well, yeah, it's because
1: he's royal, but it's just funny because we know so very little about so many I people's know, birds. I know.
0: Well, he was the heir, so everything yeah. was documented. documented. Yeah. Um. So Jane dies October twenty fourth of postnatal complications, as we know. Um. So Edward grows up without a mother, but then gets you know some stepmoms. Like twelve. <laughs> um. He has some stepmoms
1: my four moms my four
0: moms the, the story of edward the, the sixth my four moms. New,
1: wait, you write a biography about him and that's what you call it. <laughs> that's
0: good oh i'm gonna do that <laughs> and i'll just start at jade yeah the first two um edward's a healthy child henry of course dotes on him he's very well protected and cared for Mm-hmm. Um I everything I read and everything I listened to so I like listened to a documentary about it while I was taking notes and everything uh was like kept saying he was raised among the women. So he was My four moms. My <laughs> four moms. He was raised by, you know, all of his nurses. So it's not yeah. like he lived with his father. Uh, Though his father did visit him a bit. Um, Or that
1: he had any, like, brothers to be around. No, he didn't have any brothers.
0: (laughs) Um, So he was raised mostly by his nurses. He is moved around from place to place between homes a good bit, but he spends most of his time in Hertfordshire, um, where both of his sisters live with him for some time. Not the whole time they're children, but part of the time henry demands very high standards of cleanliness and security obviously because yep. you don't want him to get sick and die he doesn't have a spare yep has the no, heir, he but not a spare so uh very important um this i read this and i just thought it was funny um edward has his own troop of minstrels as a child
1: this is delightful <laughs> this boy has four moms and one circus troupe. <laughs>
0: My Four Moms in the Traveling Circus, the story of Edward VI. (laughs) So good! (laughs) That's really good. Oh, man. (laughs) That one got me pretty good. Um, (laughs) So, Edward begins his education at age six. He learns several different languages, philosophy. He records um, for himself, like, The aspects of his own education. So he writes basically everything down. That's cool. Um, Yeah, because he already knew how to read and write in English by the time he started learning the other languages. Right. Um, So he learns French, Spanish, and Italian. And he's taught by Elizabeth's tutors, um, different languages. He is said to be very highly intelligent. He studies geometry and plays the lute and the virginals, which is like a keyboard that is related to like the harpsichord. Right. Uh, he collects globes and maps. That's my man. <laughs> I can relate to that. Um, th- th- I just put this in quotes because I don't know how else to say it based on where I read it from. But it says, he developed a grasp of monetary affairs. Sure. So he like understood financials at a very young age, which I guess is a really good skill to have if you're going to be king. Yeah. He didn't really get to use it, but we'll get there. Um. <laughs> He is educated with the sons of other nobles, Um, so there are kids around him sometimes, um, and a lot of boys are, like, brought to where he lives to play with him. at least there's that. Yeah. So, it was similar to, like, he had, like, a little kid court.
1: (laughs) I love this so much.
0: (laughs) Edward VI and his four moms traveling circus in kid court. And his kid <laughs> they are all wearing like tiny gowns,
1: <laughs> and so cute. It's
0: ahead like of Rugrats but more extreme. <laughs> Rugrats but rich.
1: I love this. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he's pretty competitive with Elizabeth academically because she's very smart and very well educated, and. You know, because he knows that he's going to take the throne someday, and he knows that he he knows he's more important than Elizabeth, which history will prove him wrong. But at the time, yes, he was Um,
1: (laughs) rasm. So
0: he he was like very determined to be more educated than Elizabeth was. Very competitive. Um, he obviously had a very strong religious education, which was mostly orchestrated by Thomas Cranmer, who we'll hear so much about in this one.
1: Our old buddy. Yeah.
0: Um, And so his religious upbringing leaned more toward reform, Protestant reform. Sure. Sure. Which we will also hear a lot about. A lot about. (laughs) So uh, speaking of which, in 1549, when he is 12, he writes a treatise on the Pope as an anarchist. Oh, dang. (laughs) Yeah, so he didn't pull any punches. All
1: right, (laughs) 12-year-old Edward, get
0: it! (laughs) 12-year-old Edward was, um, he was, like, ready to go. Um, He, as he's growing up, he's close to both of his sisters, particularly Mary. Um, I think just because, I don't know, I mean, I can't, like, give an actual reason, but I think Mary was physically around him more. Um, Elizabeth lived away from the rest of the family a lot of the time. So... I'm going to just read this quote. Um, In 1543, Henry invited his children to spend Christmas with him, signaling his reconciliation with his daughters. So at this point, he had legitimized them and then disinherited them. And now he is legitimizing them again. Um, Which
1: is so Henry. That's so Henry. (laughs) So
0: Henry. That is so Raven. Um, The following spring, he restored them to their place in the succession with the third succession act. Third Succession Act, um, Uh (laughs) which also provided a Regency Council during Edward's minority. So if Henry died before Edward was 18, this was where he put in place that Regency Council that would rule. Right, right, right. Which, in fact, he needed. (laughs) He sure did. Um, The reconciliation between the the daughters and Henry, again, was mostly due to Catherine Parr's influence. Catherine Parr being one of Henry's wives, his last wife. Um, and Edward also becomes pretty close with Catherine because of this. So, um, Edward is fascinated with the military arts, much like his father.
1: Oh, that's where it starts to get dangerous. (laughs) Well,
0: and if you look at like almost every portrait of Edward, um, he's basically dressed in military garbs, like in a little uniform and like holding a saber or whatever,
1: See, because now I'm just thinking about kid court again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's wearing and a tiny little military uniform. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's very
0: much him mimicking his father in the poses. Which
1: know. is not really the one you want to mimic, my friend.
0: Yeah. No, but, you, but to Edward, Henry is portrayed as being, like, the greatest king there ever of was. Of course. So. Yes. So here we go.
1: <laughs> Things
0: are about to get a little, like... And you'll be like, why are you talking about all these other people and not Edward? Well, you will find out. You will see. So July 1st, 1543, Henry, who's still alive at the time, signs the Treaty of Greenwich. Is that how you say that? Yeah. I think so. With the Scots. So part of this treaty is that Edward is betrothed to the then seven-month-old Mary, who will become Mary Queen of Scots. Oof. Oof. Um, as part of the treaty, Henry demands that Mary be sent to England to be raised there.
1: Right. So basically
0: surrendered to Henry.
1: Uh-huh.
0: But in December 1543, the Scots abandoned the treaty, and they renew their alliance with France, which Henry did not appreciate.
1: Of course not.
0: <laughs> um, um. So as a result of that, Edward VI's uncle, Edward Seymour... Um is sent to invade Scotland in April of 1544. Sure. And that war continues up until Edward's reign and is known it's known as the Rough Wooing.
1: Good lord. Absolutely not.
0: Pretty difficult wooing there. I guys. will
1: I will not accept that as the name of this war. <laughs> I reject this. Well
0: what would you call it instead?
1: Anything else. Literally anything else. <laughs>
0: well too bad. <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> so January 28th, 1547, Henry VIII dies. Bye. <laughs> and now, now it's someone else's time. So Edward Seymour and William Paget, who is also someone who's very close um, to Henry and to Edward VI, they decide to delay the announcement of Henry's death um, until they can make full arrangements for Edward To have a smooth succession.
1: Isn't that weird to think that the country, like, didn't know their king was dead for a couple days?
0: Yeah, well, it was so different because, like, you know, eyes weren't on him all the time. Yeah. It's just a really odd thought. Yeah. Well, it's so weird to think about there was a time when, like, people did not know what their monarchs looked like because they never saw them.
1: Yeah. Well, and also just, like, kind of proves that he didn't really need a king that bad, because the country just kept on running. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> there are other things know. that the king does, obviously, but it was just like, oh, he was, oh, he's been dead for a couple. For a good oh, cool, minute. Cool. Yeah. It's like when the teacher like walks out of the class and everybody just keeps working, like, yeah. and they look up and they're like, "Where'd she go?" Oh, oh well.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, so Edward is brought from uh Hartford to Enfield which is where Elizabeth is living and that is where the two of them are told that their father has died and they are present for the reading of Henry's will. Henry's death is announced to parliament on January 31st and that's when like official arrangements are set out for Edward's um, succession. So because Edward is very young Yep. He cannot rule a country. Nope. Um, Edward Seymour is made his protector during his minority reign. Sure. Um, Edward VI is crowned at Westminster Abbey on Sunday, February 20th, 1547. So Henry's will named 16 executors to act as Edward's counsel until he was 18. So 16 people to basically enforce the rules. Right. So, what happened was <laughs> first of all, some of the conservative people who were on the council were booted. Stephen Gardner, who was a bishop who later served under mary, was refused access to him when Henry was like dying he couldn't he could he was not allowed to be anywhere near um the court basically uh-huh. Thomas Howard, the third Duke of Norfolk, found himself accused of treason. Of course. And the day before Henry died, Howard's estates were seized, redistributed, and then he spent all of Edward's reign in the Tower of London in prison. Oh, that's
1: cute. <laughs> so, but the th- We love treason with the royals. <laughs> so it's our favorite. It, and there's more to come. <laughs> Good. not like we haven't had enough with literally every single one of Henry's
0: wives.
1: (laughs) Um, That looks like treason to me. I don't know about you guys, but that seems like treason. (laughs) I'm
0: going to call it treason. So the thing about Henry's will is that the way that it was written, it didn't actually call for, like, a single protector, a single person to step in and run the government. Right. Just the Regency Council. So... The executors basically choose to give power to Edward Seymour, who is now the Duke of Somerset. So I'll refer to him as Somerset from here on out. So there's less confusion between which Edward I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, So it's likely that Somerset um, basically bribed the majority of the the council to make this a reality.
1: Sure, that tracks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and he was on such good terms with Edward that... You know, Edward basically grants him all the power he needs. So
1: Right, well, because he's a kid.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, So he gives him the right to appoint members of the Privy Council himself, and he only has to consult them when he sees fit. So basically what he ends up doing is just saying, like, here is the law that I have put forward, or here is the new thing that I'm going to do. Cool? Great. Like, that's it oof it's a disaster
1: he was just like i am the captain now like (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah i'm the captain now it's a and it's a disaster as you might expect
1: well yeah because he's not the king he's just pretending like he's the king basically
0: right right like well i just don't understand this whole like must seize power because like then what you know what do you expect to happen
1: Somebody's going to overthrow you, and there are more people in the line of secession. It's not like he's the last person in the line of secession. Right. Like, there are more people to come, right. and somebody is going to take that power back from you and reassert the people who are in the line of secession. Like, bonkers. I don't think, I, I don't understand what you are going to do here. Unless you have, like, an organized revolution on your hands. I don't think you're going to get very far like this. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: Yeah. So, enter another old friend, Somerset's brother, Thomas Seymour. Oh, there he is. You may remember him as the man who married Henry's last wife after Henry died.
1: I do remember him as that. (laughs) Um,
0: Thomas is not super down with his brother having all the power. Hey, all right, Thomas. (laughs) No, don't get too excited. Um, (laughs) Somerset thinks he can, like, basically appease him by making him the Lord Admiralship, which is basically commander of the Navy. Um, but Thomas is like, "Mm, not enough. And he starts smuggling pocket money to Edward (laughs) and trying to be like, hey, like, my brother is controlling all your finances. Like, shouldn't you do something about that? He starts encouraging him, like, as soon as you're of age, you need to boot him. You need to kick him out. And Edward is like, "Mm, probably not.
1: Big oof. Oh, this is rough. Yeah.
0: So, but... In 1547, uh, he does use Edward's support to marry Catherine Parr because Edward likes right. Catherine. So Somerset opposes the marriage, but Edward is like, yeah, sure, you can marry her. So, do whatever you want. So care. that means he gets to marry her because he's, you know, Edward's still right. in charge right. technically. Edward's
1: just like, I don't know, you're grown, yeah. do it. <laughs>
0: um, so he marries Catherine Parr. Um, so, Catherine is caring for, at the time, 11-year-old Lady Jane Grey, as you may recall from our episode about Catherine, um, and Elizabeth, who is 13. And as we know, after Catherine Parr dies, Thomas begins pursuing Elizabeth. Elizabeth is like, I mean, this is, I guess, but, like, I won't do it without the council's permission, which the council will not give.
1: Yeah, because, (laughs) yeah,
0: Yeah, and they're not here for him, either.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so in January 1549, Thomas is arrested by the council on lots of charges, but the main one is embezzlement. Um, and Edward actually testifies about Thomas slipping in money. Oof! Uh, yikes. Um, there's, you done messed up, Thomas. <laughs> yeah, you done you done effed up. There's not enough evidence to convict Thomas Seymour of treason, uh, so an act of parliament is what has him convicted. So because uh, he can't be charged with treason, he can't have a trial. So they pass an act of parliament instead. Um and he I love
1: ugh, There's not enough evidence to better make him a law. Of Treason, even though they have charged so many people of treason for so much less. Yeah. So much less. That is true.
0: That is so true. But he's not a woman, so, you know. So, you know. Um so anyway, he's beheaded on March 20th, 1549. Classic. Bye, Thomas. Bye. That was short-lived. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Somerset is failing. He's pursuing this war in Scotland and it is not going where- well. Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, has been moved to France and betrothed to the Dauphin there. Which right. she does end up marrying. Right. Which also didn't end very well, but... No. You know, whatever. Um, so... During this time, two key rebellions break out in 1549. One is led by Protestants, and it's called the Prayer Book Rebellion. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And the other is led by tradesmen, mainly about the encroachment of landlords on common grazing ground. So there are two pretty big rebellions. Yeah, rise up against the government. (laughs) And this does not look good for Somerset. Fight, (laughs) fight, fight. Because it's like he cannot control. And he's being put in charge of all these military, like, um what's the word I'm looking for? Campaigns. Right. And these things that the military needs to intervene op- and, you know, on behalf of. And he's, he's in actually the middle of a war
1: and like can't do it all. He's
0: actually a pretty terrible military mind. Who's surprised. So he doesn't really know what he's doing. So by October of 1549, his his rule is crumbling. Bye. Um he Issues a proclamation calling for assistance, and he doesn't get it, so instead, he takes Henry, or, I, sorry, I've been putting Henry instead of Edward, Jesus Christ. <laughs> he takes Edward from his home and takes him to Windsor, uh... and basically he's kidnapped him. You've kidnapped the king, is what you've done there, sir. Edward. Edward writes, "Methinks I am
1: in prison. Methinks you are in prison, my friend." I <laughs> uh, don't. Again, don't know what this guy thinks he's doing because yeah. that's the king yeah, of he the country. Panicked
0: pretty hard,
1: and Edward, he panicked so hard that he kidnapped a child. Yeah, let's be clear king, about this:
0: the king, the boy king, the boy king. He um. Edward is like, mm, you're not going to get away with this, like, because Edward is well, smart, yeah. and so he starts basically complaining to him, like, I can't live like this, like, what are you doing? I'm king, you can't just take me, and he basically makes it very clear that Somerset is out of his good graces.
1: Well, yeah, he kidnapped him, yeah.
0: and then Somerset basically loses his nerve, and and returns Edward. To court.
1: This is perhaps the tamest but highest stakes <laughs> kidnapping i've ever the heard
0: dumbest and yeah really stupid
1: Na- well napoleon did the same thing to the spanish yeah <laughs> when he came through spain he was like hey why don't you guys uh come up here so we can like talk about your terms <laughs> of surrender cute cute no deal, and then no he deal. just went uh you're in prison now and they went oh i mean okay i guess and they just stayed there
0: yeah except until
1: napoleon wasn't in power <laughs> except anymore. in this
0: case the child went i don't think so buddy <laughs> That's wild. So. so he returns Edward home, and on October 11th, Somerset is arrested on 29 charges of treason. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah,
1: not one, not two, 29. but 29 charges of treason. Yeah.
0: So he's imprisoned. Eventually, they release him. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. I'm assuming because he was repentant and was basically like, hey. You know, I'll do my job. So they Ugh. release him, and he's restored to the council. Ugh, but then... Uh, not only do they
1: release him, they put him back on the council. Ca- oh, well, boy. But,
0: but their thought is, like, he's not going to try anything. Like, he's he has no power anymore, right? Like, but he still has his name and everything. So, like, appearances, right? Um But then he starts trying to undermine his successor. <laughs> you would think... And, he would know better. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so after that, they were like, "Nah, we're we're done with you." <laughs> um, Edward actually wrote out every single one of the charges against Somerset and like wrote opinions on them. Uh, um, I love this well-educated child. Yeah, he's very interesting. Um, and then this dude's
1: my dude.
0: <laughs> and then because he as again. Arrested for trying to undermine um, his successor's power. In January 1552, he's executed for felony treason.
1: That took a minute for him to get executed.
0: Yeah, it did.
1: Wowzers. Disaster.
0: So, now Somerset is gone, Zoe. Good. Edward's still a child, though mm-hmm. nearing an age where he can sort of wield a little bit of power right um but they still need somebody to be kind of in charge so john dudley um who was the earl of warwick is made duke of northumberland and assumes power around 1551 shortly before the undermining takes place
1: I love that you always put what they are duke of, because I'm sure it's important, but I don't know what any of that means or why it's important, so it's just, like, more fun <laughs> words after their name yeah. every time, it's and I'm just, just a... like, ah, yes, now he's the duke of a different thing instead of the earl of the thing he was in charge of it's before. It's <laughs> fascinating.
0: It's like, just a higher title. Um, I, oh, I know. And the um, the thing that they are the thing of... <laughs> I don't know how else to say that. Um, it's a location. So I know, it's like it's where all... they reside and have property. But it's also all so meaningless. <laughs> yeah, it's just where they have property, basically.
1: I just love it because you're just like, a person's name. And I'm like, hmm, yes. Yeah. Who's in charge of this? And I'm like, cool. But it's also then how you
0: end up referring to them. So it's like important. Yes, it is.
1: Usually, yeah. So. It's just my favorite part of
0: this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So by this time, Edward is kind of more aware of some matters of state, though he doesn't take much part in it. Um, but when he's 14, he gets his own council for the estate, which is basically just like a council that is in his household, kind of, without, for lack of a better way of explaining it.
1: Kid court 2.0. Uh, yeah, kind
0: of. Teen court. Teens. <laughs> Teen court. Oh, yeah. Teens. And he gets to appoint the members of that. Um, nice so some power with this council he starts to implement protestant policies
1: but of course here we go
0: (laughs) yeah uh northumberland is surrounding himself with his own supporters in in the privy council and um appoints members of his own family to be part of the royal household as you do classic
1: classic um
0: and 1550 when he like first started to rise Northumberland signs a peace treaty with France. And in 1551, this has Edward betrothed to Elizabeth of Valois. Valois? Mm, um, sure. Who is King Henry II of France's daughter. Sure. So Edward's got another fiancé. And he's like, Oh 14. boy. Um, not that it matters, because technically he's not betrothed to Mary anymore. But like, hello, he's 14. And now he's got another fiancé, basically. <laughs> Classic. Um, so Northumberland is full on, ready to follow Edward's Reformation policies.
1: Well, that's good. At least somebody's on his side.
0: <laughs> yeah, for the most part.
1: Until he's not, I mean, he's but just, like, sure. He's
0: looking out for his own agenda, but yeah. his agenda is, just happens to line up with Edward's, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Edward has basically taken control of the throne, but like, still needs Northumberland to...
1: Because he's still too young.
0: Yeah, but he's, you know, he's the king now. Yeah. Right? Mary, actually, at this time, around this time, asks for permission from the council to continue to take part in mass. Because remember, Mary is a devout Catholic. Yup. And has not wavered in her entire life, even when her mother was being you know is
1: so impressive
0: yeah she it's the thing that she is most stubborn about and we'll talk a lot more about it when i get to mary because yeah there's so much with mary Uh uh-huh um i just
1: find that amazing that she that she was so stubborn about
0: it oh yeah i mean it's incredible it was her whole life was catholicism in the church she did not waver She's she's denied permission by Edward, so she she writes to him basically and is like, "I would like to keep taking part in mass. It won't affect you." And he's like, "No." So this is when we see the Reformation begin under Edward the Sixth reign.
1: That his four moms have been trying to have for years.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and one mom before that uh-huh. that wasn't his mom, but she was trying to to pull it. She's
1: mom in spirit. <laughs>
0: Mom in spirit. R.I.P. Uh. Um, <laughs> Edward resumes the confiscation of church property, which had begun under his father. This was a quote. Edward is said to have read 12 chapters of scripture daily and enjoyed sermons and was commemorated by John Fox as a godly imp. <laughs> Edward was depicted during his life and afterwards as a new Josiah, the biblical king who destroyed the idols of Baal.
1: Ooh, that is it's a tense. lot. Intense.
0: And he's still a kiddo. Yeah. Um. Early in his life, Edward did practice, you know, some Catholic traditions, because that's just the way that it was. Uh-huh. Um, but he was believed to have been really heavily influenced by Cranmer to, to fully back Protestantism and, and full yeah. reform. So, some things that happened during this time. Justification by faith alone... And communion for both clergy and laity are made official doctrine. So that means you no longer have to go to confession to get into heaven. And you are allowed to take communion even if you're not, you know, at the level you're supposed to be. Yeah, get it. (laughs) So I'm just going to read this quote. The Ordinal of 1550 replaced the divine ordination of priests with a government-run appointment system authorizing ministers to preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. So you no longer have to be a priest to, administ- to administer the sacraments of communion, and you no longer have to be a priest in order to preach, basically. What were you going to say?
1: I was going to say, I think it's that governments appoint priests to do those things instead of, like, the Pope and the divine yes, appointing those right, people yes. to preach.
0: Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm losing it a little bit today. You're good. So... This is when Cranmer writes a liturgy in English, like an official liturgy for the Church of England, detailing weekly and daily services, religious festivals, which became compulsory in the first Act of Uniformity, which was in 1549.
1: So this is when they stopped using the Catholic Uh liturgy. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Edward opposes kneeling at communion. Oh. So that's a big one. 1551 to fifteen fifty two, Cranmer rewrites the Book of Common Prayer. Mm-hmm. So this he revises canon law, makes a full doctrinal statement, um, and it has the forty two articles, which basically become the the building blocks of the of the Church of England. Like they still use this doctrine.
1: Yeah, so however many years after Henry was like, we're not Catholic anymore, they finally make their new church an actual functioning church. Yes, exactly.
0: There are rules in place now.
1: That's what all of this is, is just saying, so I know we've basically just been Catholic for the past few years, but we're going to be actually
0: genuinely not not Catholic Catholic anymore, and here's how. Right, like he writes it down, and it becomes official. Basically, it abolishes Mass, because uh-huh. part of the doctrine says that the sacraments are not the literal body and blood of of Christ. Yes. So mass basically doesn't exist anymore at this point. All right.
1: In the Church of there England. There are services, but there's not
0: mass anymore. Not in the Church of England. So yeah. they've separated that. Which yes. never fully separated when Henry was in charge.
1: Well, no, because he didn't do anything to make this a functioning church. No.
0: <laughs> so Mary, of course, is now in a position where... The country's becoming Protestant, and she feels like she can't live like this. Yeah. So she asks Emperor, Ch- Emperor Charles, who is a devout Catholic, Catholic, um, to help her flee England. He sends a fleet of ships, which Edward obviously finds out about. And Edward sends troops to keep Mary from escaping on land and sends ships to stop the fleet. So she's basically stuck. Yeah. She agrees to stay in England, but not to give up mass. Edward gets real upset and has all of her chaplains removed and calls Mary to come and see him, where they argue further about the whole matter. Mm -hmm. And Mary still won't budge. So even when she is sent back to her home, she continues to take mass, even though all of her chaplains are at the Tower of London. Dang girl. <sighs> she's not here for it. She's she's really really going for it there. Yeah. So we've got an actual Church of England in place. Finally. We actually see during this time, like the financial state of England starts to get a little bit better because Northumberland sort of improves things. Then it gets worse, and then it gets okay again. Um, (laughs) But so the financial state's kind of going up and down a little bit, but at least we've got the church straight. And then in the beginning of 1553, Edward falls very ill. Oh, no. He's 15 at the time. He is moved out to to a different home. He's moved out. Sorry, I I wrote it down and and I lost track of it. Where'd it go? God, where did it go? Greenwich Palace. So he's moved out Mm. to Greenwich Palace and, um, so they start thinking, okay, well, we have to make a plan. Edward very heavily opposes Mary succeeding him even though she's legally the next person in succession and that's why he didn't do anything when she was opposing him when it came to religion because legally she's next in line so
1: so like as far as they're concerned all that can be is just them arguing yeah, like she you can't really do anything about exactly, it exactly
0: he can't really touch her so yeah. she she obviously will want to flip the country back to Catholicism and he like cannot have that so edward writes a document basically laying out his his intent for the succession He names his first cousin, once removed, Lady Jane Grey, as his successor. She's 16 at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, She did marry in 1553 and ended up, uh, and he was the younger son of the Duke of Northumberland. So this works for Northumberland, too. He's like, yes. Right, 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 right. Mary and Elizabeth are both excluded from this document because... According to Edward, when he writes it down, they're still bastards,
1: even though right, they've been right. restored
0: to the line. Part of the whole deal was that, because he didn't want to rule out the male um, succession entirely. So the way that he wrote it was like, Jane's going to get the throne. And then if she has a son, that he gets it. And if not, we go to another option. So if she has a daughter, nope. Now, if like Oof. one of her siblings has a son, Yes. You know what I mean? So,
1: Wowzers. Yeah, it was
0: complicated. Um
1: here again. Here again. This all this whole thing wouldn't have happened if Henry hadn't re-legitimized them. Like he yeah, yeah. he continues his, the ghost of Henry continues to be the downfall of the Tudor line even though that's the one thing he was most afraid of. That is so true. It's wild because if Edward had just died here, they would have had some. They would have had some other plan in place like long ago because Mary and Elizabeth would have been removed from the line. But because he, they got back in his good graces and he put them back in the line, Edward is forced into this situation Edward and it all starts to spiral again. Yep, that's so true. It's all his fault. Yeah,
0: it's everything's Henry's fault.
1: Ghost of Henry, man, he'll haunt us forever. Ugh,
0: seriously. <laughs> um. So Edward calls powerful judges and lawyers to what is essentially his deathbed and -hmm. is like you're gonna sign this um northumberland probably threatens them and eventually they all sign this document on june 21st 1553 so so throughout this year edward's health is sort of up and down in june his doctors say that he's suffering from a separating tumor of the lung, Ugh. and they decide he's not going to recover at this point. Man. Um, his legs become so swollen that he has to lay on his back all the time, and he, he basically loses all of his strength. Oh, God, that's rough. Yeah,
1: and he's 15. Oh, this poor kid.
0: Yeah. Um, July 1st, Edward makes his final public appearance from his window. At the palace. Um, and people were like, he doesn't look good. Yeah. <laughs> and they visited, like, people came and visited him for, like, the next couple of days, or, or maybe slightly longer, I can't really remember, until they were like, he's too weak, like, you can't come and see him anymore. hmm At 8 p.m. on July 6th, 1553, Edward dies at the age of 15 at Greenwich.
1: Oh, that's so sad. Um, according- I liked the boy king. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he, yeah. I have a feeling he would have gotten worse, though
1: oh he definitely would have (laughs) but he was a really smart kid he was at least trying to do something with the country and like yeah that's rough
0: according to john fox uh edward's last words were i am faint lord have mercy upon me and take my spirit
1: oh last words you're so often not true yeah
0: right (laughs) who knows what they actually were yep edward is buried at the Henry VII Lady Chapel at Westminster Abbey on August 8th of 1553. Thomas Cranmer performs the rites, so it's a Protestant burial. Yeah. Um, I found this interesting, and it's another quote. Uh, Edward's burial place was unmarked until as late as 1966 when an inscribed huh. stone was laid in the chapel floor by Christ's Hospital School to commemorate their founder. The inscription reads, um, In memory of King Edward the Sixth, buried in this chapel, this stone was placed here by Christ Hospital in thanksgiving for their founder, 7 October
1: 1966. Huh. That's odd that it was unmarked. Yeah.
0: Especially because it was in Westminster Abbey.
1: Their graves, it's so weird that, their graves are all such a mystery yeah you would think we would, you would know think we're they would of find it more buried. important
0: yeah you would, yeah i don't know it's so weird yeah it's very odd um there was no official cause of death there were of course rumors of poisoning classic my favorite um, <laughs> a lot of people thought it was northumberland trying to like secure his power yeah um
1: Sure, make it messy. This is fun. Yeah. But
0: there was never any proof of that. So We
1: sad. love a conspiracy theory.
0: Yeah. Um, it was most likely tuberculosis, mm. which he probably caught after he had smallpox and measles in fifteen fifty two. And uh, then he and became this... too weak to like fight it off.
1: And this is why you should vaccinate your kids. Um that's I mean... all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs>
0: I know there weren't vaccinations in 1552, but you probably should vaccinate your kids. Uh, yeah, yeah, That's
1: just, this is what will happen if you don't vaccinate your kids. hmm hmm
0: hmm So Edward is gone. Sure is. Lady Mary last sees Edward in February of that year. She knows he's sick. She leaves her home near London and travels to Norfolk. And that's where she is like, I'm going to get my supporters ready.
1: Tech Queen.
0: Because she doesn't know, like, exactly what he's doing with the line of succession. But But she she knows knows. she's being left out. Yeah. Um, And she knows it's rightfully hers. Yep. And she wants it so bad.
1: Well, she should have had it before him
0: anyway. Well, yeah. And, yeah, we'll talk about (laughs) it when we get to Mary. Um, Yeah. So Northumberland knows she's a Norfolk. And sends ships to prevent her from escaping. Mm -hmm. And also delays the news of Edward's death.
1: Of course. So
0: (laughs) Lady Jane Grey is taken to the Tower of London on July 10th. And she's proclaimed queen that day. Right. Mary sends a message to the Privy Council and says, hey, I am queen. I have a right (laughs) to the title. I have already proclaimed myself queen. And you are going to too. The council Dang writes. Girl. Yeah. The council writes back and is like, oh we gave it to Jane though. Sorry. Because uh. <laughs> and they say, you know, you're not legitimate. So Mary is not having that. She continues to gather support. Um and the Privy Council like made a very big mistake because there were a lot of nobles who were on Mary's side and who didn't like that the Privy Council was making all of these decisions yeah and um yeah they messed up pretty bad so yeah big mistake yeah so huge big mistake huge huge um so on July 14th Northumberland marches out of London toward Norfolk with 3,000 men he gets to Cambridge the next day Mary Rallies her forces, and she gathers an army of nearly 20,000 by July 19th. Oh Privy Council is oh like, mm, better not. <laughs> yeah, this is not a fight y'all want to fight, so, I don't think. Yeah, so there's no actual fight but there doesn't need to be. I mean, yeah. it wasn't going to happen. No. Um. So they publicly proclaim Mary Queen on July 19th of 1553. Lady Jane Grey rules for nine days. All right. <laughs> yeah, and she's she's known as the Nine Days Queen.
1: Sure, as, man. As
0: you would be. Poor Lady Jane.
1: Yeah, it was probably for the best.
0: Yeah, yeah. you right. Because right. she
1: could have been taken off of the throne in a much worse oh, way. Oh, it would have been
0: civil war the whole time.
1: Yeah, it would have been really
0: bad. Uh, Northumberland is arrested on July 24th, and he's beheaded on august 22nd after after renouncing protestantism
1: oh my god but she's like
0: <laughs> not gonna work she beheads him anyway lady jane gray is beheaded february 12th of 1554 see
1: now that one sucks yeah.
0: well i mean because it wasn't she was really her it. fault
1: you knew she would yeah do it. it just wasn't really her fault mary had
0: no patience for anyone threatening her power
1: oh, absolutely not
0: no she she was not even gonna allow it to be a possibility so, yeah, Edward kept journals throughout his whole life. so we actually know a lot about him and his cool. thoughts and feelings um it It becomes his chronicle. they call it The Chronicle that he wrote. Mm. um he recorded like every important event that happened. Cool. It wasn't really so much like self reflection it was more right, like today, Thomas Seymour was beheaded. he sucked, yeah. <laughs> You know? He sucked Like His rough. thoughts about all the events that were going on around yeah.
1: him. And that's so rare to get that first-hand account of such important events. And
0: from somebody who was so young. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's very cool. Yeah.
0: So that's it for Edward.
1: I liked his life. He was a very interesting kid.
0: Very interesting. Though most of this story was detailed really what about other him. people did while he was... You know, too young. But everything
1: that other people did, he had a hand in.
0: Well, yes and no. (laughs) I mean, Northumberland, yes. Somerset, no.
1: But everything that Somerset was doing was because of him.
0: Yeah, but also, he was a kid. Like, he didn't know. And if he did, he didn't know well enough. Yeah. You know, so... I mean, that's the person he trusted. Yeah. And was like, yeah, do whatever you want. Because why would you work against me. You support me. Until he didn't.
1: Until he didn't. Until he kidnapped a child!
0: (laughs) And then was outwitted by a child.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Good old Edward with his four moms and his kid court and his his circus circus (laughs) troupe and his outwitting of his own kidnapping. And his live journal. And his live
0: journal?! (laughs) really good hey guys it's edward
1: back at you again just
0: wanted to tell you a little bit about my day
1: oh my god
0: <laughs> oh hey um history's great but today is cool too what's your favorite thing about modern times
1: <laughs> like the way you let into that
0: if you haven't uh listened to our show before This is Modern Times. It's a segment in which we talk about things in Modern Times that we like. Yeah. Do you have a thing for Modern Times this week?
1: Um, yes. It is shorts weather. (sighs) That's good. I I just love when it is finally time to wear shorts. I hate when it's really hot. That's not my jam. But I like the first few days where you can finally not wear jeans anymore. Mm. You
0: feel free. And it can just,
1: you feel free. And it's nice and warm, and you're just like, it's time. I'll it's tell you what I shorts. love is
0: weather where you can wear shorts and a long and sleeve long shirt.
1: long-sleeves. Mm-hmm. That's, that is the stuff oh, right there. Yes. So good. I just like, I like shorts weather.
0: That's a really good one. It's comforting. <laughs> uh, my Modern Times thing is um, cover songs. Oh, yes. Now, go with me where I'm going here. On a journey. The thing about cover songs is that they have the potential to be either completely horrendous or completely magnificent. And there's something so wonderful about the human instinct to just put it out there. Yeah. And know that it has the potential for one or the other. Just do it anyway. It's so great.
1: And And it's also very cool to hear other artists ideas and iterations of things that they're like that another artist has created. Yes,
0: and they can bring things to the song that you never knew were there.
1: Yeah. Or they can ruin it entirely. But which is also fun. The
0: potential <laughs> for greatness is so high
1: that you just got to do that it. That the
0: potential for for terrible outcomes, it's like who it's even cares? Sort of a wash, you know? Yeah. Man. I just think that's a really good one. Has a
1: really good one. I yes. liked that. Thank good you. modern times. Thank you. Both It. you know what's fun about ours today? Both were like weather is always warm and people have done other people's songs. But there's something so specific about shorts weather and cover songs, you know?
0: Yeah. Hey, do, I think we have time to do a couple autofills too do we yeah Yeah, sure let's see what google wants to know about edward the sixth jam-packed episode um yeah it's all the things um (laughs) was edward the sixth catholic yes then no mostly no mostly no (laughs) hey no i mean he wasn't he was raised with some catholic ideals at first but he was not catholic
1: his existence is a result of the church of england so no
0: Uh, yeah that's true um Was he a good king? Mm. Mm. That's an interesting question. It's up to you. I mean, oh boy, Wowza, that is a loaded question. Uh Uh-huh. I think he had potential to be a good king.
1: But he also had potential to be a terrible king.
0: Yes, and he also um Didn't get to really- I think b I think he started a ball rolling in a direction for which no one was prepared.
1: yes, that is yes,
0: because what happens next with Mary is a direct result of a her mother being ostracized so much, and b the fervor with which Edward wanted to reform her country. yes, so I don't know, Google Does that answer your question? um was he poisoned no no I'd unfortunately say, definitively no murdered no also no no catholic or protestant protestant Good question. <laughs> hey good question let's see uh when i do is edward the sixth i get where is he buried westminster westminster who is he well he's the king he's a king he was a king <laughs> and son of possibly the weirdest human to ever live that's so true um why is edward the sixth important Ugh, because he started the reformation you fool he sure did uh what is edward the sixth known for the reformation <laughs> so easy this time
1: you're knocking these out of the park today Thank you.
0: that's all i've got
1: nice Squeezing them both in. Yeah. It's a jam, because we haven't done either in weeks. In a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. And now we're backloading episodes, so.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: listener, in case you were wondering, we're recording this uh, very early. Well in advance. We're <laughs> recording it the Tuesday after Memorial Day, because we're going to be on vacation the week between when this episode comes out and when the next episode comes out, so it's a little And longer. we will not have time to do anything then. Also, um, my brain is fully mush because of yesterday, so... In my job, I work from home on holidays, such as Memorial Day, so it kind of feels like a long weekend. So today was my first day in the office, and I have spent the whole day not knowing what day it is. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I apologize uh, to my friends and family if I was completely (laughs) incoherent this entire time. I honestly have no memory of anything I just said.
1: That's fine. It's recorded, (laughs) so you don't have to have Uh, memory of it.
0: that's so true. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this anyway, listeners. Um, If you have topics that you'd like us to discuss in the future, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email rememberthatpod at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at RTTPod. I love when people tweet about the show. Same. Um, It makes me very happy. Um, And you should do that. And you should share it with a friend. Yeah, man. Um, If there's an episode you're really into, share it. If you wanna find me across the internet, you can find me at the real Anna Webb.
1: And I'm at ACW Nerdfighter. All across the interwebs.
0: Self-branding. <laughs> yeah. Got <its> own brand. <laughs> um, alright.
1: I don't know what we're doing next time. Nope. Classic Us.
0: But uh, we gotta figure it out soon.
1: Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright, well, until next time.
1: Remember that time.